the hormones that are and the chem brain chemi chemicals that are going around your brain sometimes mm. will blind you from all the faults of your partner and you yes. are not making an informed choice yes, yes uh, especially yes. when you make the decision to pair up during the so-called uh, right. honeymoon period right? hello and welcome to Catholic parents online a podcast channel where we share tips and resources on Catholic parenting presented through the lens of the theology of the body we will see how we can be gift our children in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. My name is John Hui and I'm your host for this series. This episode will deal with pitfalls our children may face when choosing a spouse. What are these? What can we share with our children when they start dating or preferably even before that? This segment was taken from an interview with Dr. Christopher Chalk on affair-proofing our marriages, during which we also discussed what our children may want to look out for when choosing a spouse. Dr. Chalk is a psychiatrist, senior consultant and chief of the Department of Forensic Psychiatry at the Institute of Mental Health. We hope you will find this episode useful. We began by asking him what are the likely causes of marital breakups giving the rising number of divorces, especially among those married for 10 years or less. So in your experience, what are the main causes of um, marital breakups, right? Uh, it's actually a very complicated uh, topic uh, because um, a lot of it starts off with uh, the maturity of the couple uh, at the time of the marriage. So um, today, well, I guess the vast majority of uh, affairs are, I dare say, committed by men, but it's not uh, uh, uncommon to hear of the woman uh, also uh, yes. being the perpetrator of an affair. Yeah, so today, uh, you know, because we are a liberal and uh, advanced society, I, I guess people do exercise yeah. their In freedoms, right? Yeah, <laughs> advanced society. Their, their freedoms yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in that way. So sometimes, uh, my observation, sometimes when a couple um, gets married too young, uh, they, they have not reached their maturity yet. Um, I guess that's when um, they may not understand all the commitment that's required of marriage. Um, and uh, the second reason, I, I think, is that sometimes um, people underestimate this thing called the honeymoon period. Mm. Uh, so this is coming from a psychiatric professional perspective. When two people come together and they, they, have, uh, in, they first form a relationship, uh, they will go into this, uh, I guess, period of time where they are in a honeymoon period. Uh, uh, where they are in this uh, form of love uh, uh, that is just very electric, very um, uh, uh, euphoric. Mm -hmm. yeah. But this form of love uh, is found in studies not to last uh, beyond 36 months. Uh. In fact, f the average time that a person is in this what we call erotic love period, mm. uh, it's only about 18 months. Uh. Mm -hmm. So when you decide to pair up in, at this time, when you are a lot of your you know happy hormones are flying, uh, you may not really uh, see the the your partner all the qualities of your partner, 
and the, the, the hormones that are, and the chem, brain chemi chemicals that are going around your brain, sometimes mm. will blind you from all the faults of your partner. And you yes. are not making an informed choice, yes. Yes. Uh, especially yes. when you make the decision to pair up during the so-called uh, right. honeymoon period. Right? That's right, that's in, right. This is actually sense. very consistent eh, with uh, uh, what uh, Pope St. John Paul II actually said in his uh, book, Love and Responsibility. You know, mm -hmm. And he was actually saying that uh, we, we tend to uh, overplay the uh, emotional aspects uh, of, mm -hmm. uh, of a relationship. And when we are attracted to a person, right, we yes. tend to overplay all the positive aspects. And then sometimes we just overlook or choose to ignore the negatives. And then when actually perhaps that person is not the right person for us. Yes, and, and, and they don't know. And this is something uh, is, is very biological. That means it's built into our human brain. It's no fault of the, it's no fault of the person. Right? Because in the first 18 months... It happens to, to all of us, right? It happens to all of us. <laughs> when you're in deep love, in, yeah. in the honeymoon period, uh, what is shown is that this brain chemical called dopamine... Yeah. Uh, it's being released when you're with your loved object. No? Mm. So it, it is, uh, it blinds you and makes you uh, make bad decisions. Mm. Uh. So I think one must understand um, uh, this, this uh, human, very human uh, brain of ours. Uh. Yeah. The third area is that some, some of us, uh, this is a, and something more psychiatric in the sense that all of us have certain needs uh, uh, we, that we look in the partner. Yeah. So, uh, and that's unique to the person. Some people like a partner that is subservient. Some people like a partner that is, will take charge. Some people want a partner uh, to be their equal. Some people want a partner to, to you know, to be, uh, uh, that they can dominate. Uh, you know? So it really depends on the per individual person's needs. Uh. And some people also have what we call these, um, um, we call it shadow in psychiatry, meaning to say that there's some dark needs in us uh, that sometimes are unknown to us. But when we see another person having these shadow qualities that appeal to us, there's an instant attraction, mm. even though it may not be appropriate to us. Uh, so sometimes people fall into this trap whereby they always choose the same profile of partner but they have recurrent failures with this profile of person mm. because it is just uh, their dark side responding to the quality of the other person mm. Mm. and it always doesn't work for them. And they, they don't have the insight to identify this repeated pattern mm. for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think quite often also because of, um, like it or not, all of us have this selfish streak in us, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to go with the idea of what can my spouse do for me rather than what can I do for my spouse. My spouse. You yes. know? So it's very often we tend to get it reversed mm -hmm. and very often we'll say things like, yeah, my, my spouse just doesn't seem to understand me. My spouse just doesn't seem to do this for me. My spouse just doesn't seem to understand my needs or satisfy my needs and things like that. Yep. Rather than asking the question, what have I done for my spouse or what can I do for my spouse to will her good, which is really what love is, right? Which is not a, just a fuzzy feeling, but the... A, a, a commitment, a decision to will the good of yes. my spouse. And I think that, I think at the dating stage, um, especially if this you've been dating for some time, I think it's important to um, recognize that if there are certain things that are incompatible in this relationship, don't ignore it. Mm. Because many people think that love can change a person. Yeah. 
uh, that a person can change. Uh, coming from my field, <laughs> I can tell you that it's difficult for people to change. They can change a little bit, but if a person, when you meet them, is already a gambler, don't expect them to change to not be a gambler after marriage. Eh? Yes. And no amount of nagging, no amount of criticism uh, will stop him from this behavior because it was already in, built in him. Or pornography for that matter, right? Or ah, I'm coming, to, the, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming to that too, yeah. yeah we will go to that. We will go to that in the future because this is a big issue. Huge as, issue. A huge yeah. issue as well, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so and other things like uh, you know if oh my husband is uh, my, my my boyfriend is a uh, fiance is uh, he smokes but I think he'll change after we get married or he's drinking quite a bit but I think I'm quite sure I can change him after we get married. Yeah, don't yeah. expect that. Don't, I mean, don't, I mean, if if it changes, that's great. I'm very yeah. happy for you. <laughs> but uh, where I come from is not so simple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are a lot more issues that are underlying it, and uh, we don't think it can be the uh, have a messianic complex and change everybody we come across as yes. our spouse. I think, if, and we're just talking about the dating stage because these are some of the very fundamental mm. things. I think one must know also where you come from uh, because um, depending on where you are in society, your income, your family's income, your background and all that, the, a marriage is a union of not just a couple but of families. So sometimes um, you have to check out, I guess, your partner's family as well and see how compatible it is to your family because you cannot ignore uh, your partner's family. What they call family of origin. Yeah, family of origin, yeah. yeah. Because if, let's say for example, there's an incompatibility of yeah. uh, income, uh, uh, economic situation and all that, then I think uh, one has to be realistic uh, yeah. that, that these are uh, issues to be overcome. Mm. I'm not saying that uh, the two uh, the couple, the husband and wife must be of the same religious uh, belief as well, but certainly having the same religious belief uh, helps uh, reduce one certainly. Uh, already barriers. There are already so many so, things to try to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to breach already, you know, uh, and you don't want another, uh, you know, another spanner in your works. That's uh. right. So uh, ideally, of course, you, you have the same faith background, but if you don't, at least uh, be it must be more compatible. Yeah. If it's too incompatible, it's going to be very difficult. Right? That's right. That's right. So I think they say that uh, uh, four of the main factors that can give rise to strain in the marriage would be religion, mm -hmm. all right, or differences in religion and how we practice religion, actually, mm -hmm. even those who have the same faith. And then uh, in-laws, mm -hmm. right? Finance, like Finance. we mentioned, right? And, and sex, mm -hmm. right? Which we'll talk about uh, later as well, right? Yeah. So these seem to be the main uh, factors that... Uh, tend yeah. to crop up time and again when couples get stresses in their lives, right? Yeah, and so, so, so I think one, I think in a dating stage, a person should be astute. They yeah. should really do their due diligence yeah. uh, to really just observe because if you can take the person for what the person is uh, at, this, at that point in time. So if, if one, one partner likes to go for the high life, that sort of lifestyle and all that, this is unlikely to change. If the person wants to have a quiet life and the other person likes to have an exciting life, all these characteristics, traits are unlikely to change dramatically yeah. once you are married. Mm. And of course, at, like in all marriage preparation courses, they bring you through the usual uh, you know, uh, things about uh, financial planning, expectation for 
children, expectation for meeting your in-laws and things like that, you know, even deciding on what sort of housing you want. You know, some people have high expectations, some people are okay with, with you know, getting the usual uh, place of stay, mm, you know, mm. that sort of thing. So really, all these things mm. should be discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the marriage preparation at the, stage. At the, yeah. before, before you before have a contractual <laughs> relation, uh, <laughs> contractually obliged into a marriage. Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah. um, like the church says, right, we uh, need to have the various phases of marriage preparation, right? Uh, we have the immediate, which is actually the, the marriage preparation causes, the engagement encounters, and so on and so forth, right? And then we also have the um, proximate, where in the earlier days when they are perhaps courting or they're in their youth and the, all these things are so uh, attractive to them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the remote part whereby, uh, remote marriage preparation whereby it is the parents who actually from very young show them the example of what a marriage is or what marriage should be and, and show, show them, uh, teach them, inform them in the virtues so that they can be better individuals and in so doing become better spouses in future, mm -hmm. right? So yep. that's what the actually um, uh, at, uh, the church has actually wisely uh, advised us like, in, in all yep. these areas. Yeah. We hope you have found this episode useful in knowing what are the common pitfalls that our children may face when choosing a spouse. So till we meet again, take care and God bless you and your family always. Bye for now.